So this is our first completely unedited episode, not only because our guest is definitely that style, off the cuff, bare as soul, just really fun to talk to, and charismatic, definitely, but also because trail running itself, I think, is kind of an unedited vibe. Kind of go as you will, go with the flow, and see what you can do. So let's try that today. Hope you enjoy it. Here with uh, Andy Matthews, who's a race local race director and has done a lot for trail racing in the uh, in the Florida community. Um, Andy has been running for a long time. In fact, over 100 marathons, marathon a year since 1992. He's done 3,500 mile races. He's been finished everywhere in the pack, from first mail to DFL. Uh, recently learned <laughs> dead last. Um, and he also is um, definitely very helpful to others who are thinking about getting involved in distance running and in trail running. And we're really grateful to have him uh, share some of his wisdom with us. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Mark. Um, so, Andy, let me ask you, you were just telling me before we uh, officially got on air about how you see runners growing older now as different uh. from when you were younger and the speediest one. What, you know, how did that happen? What was that like for you? Well, I, I don't want to um, I don't want to create any competition for you, but I've thought about doing a podcast myself called uh, um, um, what did I have it titled? I haven't done it yet, but it was oh um, at your age, and it's just about the the evolution of running as you get older. Um, when when I was younger and and just and just running marathons, which by the way I don't like that term anymore either. There's two terms I don't like anymore. Just a marathon, uh-huh. and I also um, I don't like um, you know um, just just finishing because mm. finishing itself is such a wonderful thing, and it's not it's not a given anymore, you know. Mm. Um, and it used to be a given for me. I I, I was um, I've always been I've had a stubborn stubborn. I finished my first sixteen hundred mile races I attempted, and. So I never dreamed of doing one, and you can just picture, I mean, just, it's a hard thing to run 100 miles. It really is. And the very first one I ran, I ran in under 24 hours, and I thought, that's what you do. You're supposed to run it in under 24 hours. And so I just thought that was the norm, and that worked out great for about 1,600 miles. And then I had my first injury, and coming back, it's, you know, three miles is a good run. Four miles is a good run, and it's a lot healthier than running 100 miles. That's interesting. Yeah. And then since I've aged, um, just at, after age 50, I'm 57 now, um, which I realize is, I mean, for a lot of people out there uh, listening might think that uh, 57 is young, and some people will think it's very old. <laughs> and what it is is what it is. But I can tell you after 50, after finishing like 16 hundred miles in a row I'm about 50 50 I, mm. I finish sometimes and sometimes I don't uh, and there's a few reasons for that and I hope we remember to get into those reasons because they're, sure. they're pretty cool uh, but the reason that was going to be at your age is 
when I was 49, uh, I was just a couple months before I turned 50, I was in South Dakota running a race, um, the um, uh, Badlands uh, 100, and um, it is, or Black Hills, no, it was back Black Hills 100, and uh, it was hard, but, uh, and, and it did not help that two nights before I went out drinking <laughs> and hit the casinos there, and I uh, only made it 22 miles, and I'm like, this is enough. Huh. And that was about that was a, that was the shortest hundred mile effort I ever had, and it was just it overwhelmed me, uh, and I think most of it was probably the drinking. <laughs> sure, <laughs> not a good uh, for you kids out there. Don't drink and run a hundred miles, okay? <laughs> it's either or. Um, but anyway, I was sitting in the bar at the hotel <laughs> afterwards, and this guy um, was like, "What well, what are you doing up here?" And I said, "Well, I just up here to explore a little." Where are you from? I said, "I'm from Florida." He goes. Imagine these hills are pretty tough. I'm like, yeah. Goes, well, what were you doing? I said, well, I came out here to run a race, and and I don't just tell people that you know run 100 miles because when I started doing it, it was weird. Sure. Uh, I even got dumped by a girl once because she didn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> that you, she that goes, someone could run 100 yeah, miles. Yeah. She's like, well, if you're just gonna lie to me, and I'm like, whatever, <laughs> you know. So. Anyway, so I, I didn't just volunteer that I had tried to run 100 miles. He's like, well, how far are we running? I said, well, uh, I was trying to run 100 miles, but I only made it like 22 miles. And he's like, he just looked at me, you trying to run 100 miles? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself trying that at your age. Hmm. I'm like, I'm not even 50. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 49 years old. What do you mean at my age? And after that, I like had a, a renaissance and I, I finished 300 milers in a row in the top 10. And, um, and I had my, my, still my merit, my hundred mile PR, it, um, I finished at my, at age 50. I ran under 20 hours and, and I guess they have this thing where if you run under 20 hours at over age 50, they, they call it the over 50 under 20 club. And All right. I don't know how many members there are, but I was proud to be in that club. And it was just not something I ever dreamed of either. So that's the, that was the uh, idea behind uh, the, the at your age. Because the way that guy said that to me, you're trying that at your age, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, that's a memory <laughs> that stuck with you and obviously motivated you. Yeah, it did. It really did. So I had a renaissance. And, uh, but then I, then I got injured again because I was too stupid to, to take time off. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a special kind of not smart to get into running 100 miles anyway. <laughs> so people that do it generally, um, they might have some some uh, deficiencies in the gray matter. <laughs> so what, let me ask you, Andy, I know injury yes. is the biggest issue for most longer distance runners. Right. What, what is the most common thing you see or cause for it? Oh, everybody's different. Um, my big thing for years was my feet. Uh, plantar fasciitis, but um, I'm a big believer in the new technology in shoes. Um, hmm. With the, I don't like plugging any brand, but the Hoka's that I've worn um, are just. Uh, I don't. I haven't had foot problems hmm. since then. I mean, they. I mean, not not debilitating. Now, still, when I'm in a race, particularly a mountainous race, um, late in a race, about every five miles, I just have to stop and take my shoes off hmm. and let my feet. <laughs> recover a little bit and if I do that for like just a minute every five miles I can keep going but the plantar fasciitis was just debilitating I mean just mm -hmm. walking and um, 
I remember uh, was teaching at a local high school um, back when I turned 50 um, before that uh, that third of my my three top 10 finishes um, and I, I should have known that the signs were all there for instance when I would walk across campus people would go are you all right huh. and I'd be like oh, I'm just having a little problem with my feet and they're like you gotta quit running I said well I run just fine I just can't walk huh. and that was my mindset I was fine as long as I could run but I literally couldn't walk across campus You're without limping. limping. Yeah, I yep. really was. And that should have been a sign to maybe take some time off or seek treatment. And finally, uh, when I was trying to uh, run a race called the Long Haul 100, which um, is now my race, I, I <laughs> my wife and I um, acquired that race from some very fine and good people. Uh, and it became the first race in A1 Ultras. But anyway, as I was trying to run that um, race, it was five 20-mile loops. I got through the first loop, and in the second loop, I was literally dragging my right foot behind me and thinking about, should I keep going? And <laughs> just dragging my foot, and then I'm like, actually could do permanent damage here. Perhaps I should drop, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so I did. And then I, I couldn't run for... Um, and that, that race is in January, and I did not run my next marathon until the following November. Wow, so, so good yeah, time so, off there. Yeah, I mean that my my uh, my streak of uh, running a marathon since every year since '92 was actually in danger at that time. But I ran a marathon in November um, that uh, that next year, and I. That's probably 2010-ish we're talking okay. about. I don't, and we, <laughs> I don't remember. Andy, maybe we could take just a quick step back yeah. because you mentioned A1 racing. Yeah. And I know that's All your right. big passion right now. Right. And it gives us a lot of good races. Uh, what, sure. How did that start and what do you guys do? Well, um, my really good friend and partner, Jim Hartnett, he is the, um, he's the owner of uh, Tampa Races. Uh, we uh, partner for uh, now four races together and um, I was uh, I loved running uh, the first 50 mile race I ever did was the uh, Croom Fools race and you can see this hat that I have the Croom <laughs> Fools hat but um, anyway uh, I did that race and the race direct uh, I was an assistant race director there just because they needed help from a local runner so I was able to run the race and do all kinds of stuff get volunteers together for them and uh, stuff the packets and all that kind of stuff. So I was assistant race director for actually two years of that race. And then the third year they said, well, we're not going to do the race anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not going to do the race? I mean, it's a great race. People love that race. And they said, look, if you want the race to continue, you have to be the race director. Huh. And I, what I knew about race directing, you could fit in, you know, in the palm of your hand. It wasn't much. Certainly wasn't worth being a uh, business over. Um, but I, I said, okay, I'll do it. And those, uh, the people that, that owned the Fool's Run before that, they agreed to uh, stay on as sponsors. So they, they ordered all the things that needed to be ordered, all, all the food and, and T-shirts and all that. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but I had to set up aid stations. And fortunately, it was just one of those freak beautiful days at the beginning of... Um, of April it was the weather was I think it was like a high of 80 degrees it's great for Florida yeah, <laughs> great for Florida in April and people like but 
it's a good thing because there were many things I just didn't I didn't think of. I, I didn't realize that if you're doing a race in the woods, you have to, it's not like doing a race on the road. Supplying the aid stations, you have to have four-wheel drive vehicles. Huh. And fortunately, that was the first year that the race sold out. And uh, some guy said he wanted to get in a race, and he became a good friend of mine. But And I said, I'm sorry, you, we're sold out. And he goes, well, what if I donate money? I said, look, I, I said, I can't let you in the race i said unless you've got if you got a four-wheel drive vehicle i can use then i'll get you in for free and he goes just bought a new ford f-250 wow uh, four-wheel drive and i'm like <laughs> perfect so that was my race vehicle that and that was like the day before the race <laughs> so i realized i needed some help and i went to to jim hartnett and i uh, said hey you know can you help me out and so we've been doing that race together since uh, like 2006 hmm. so that was you know 14 years 13 years whatever it is um we've been doing that race together and uh then we added um we added three more races and um these are all on the croom trail yeah is that right everyone i'm on the croom trail and um but then i got married in 2015 and my wife and i've been thinking more about doing races ourselves um just uh Jim is very busy. He's got all kinds of other races, and we do our races together 50-50, but I wanted to add more races, and he wants to spend more time in North Carolina, which I don't blame him. <laughs> you, can, you cannot find him in Florida these hot months unless sure. he's got a race. So anyway, my, um, my wife and I, um, we decided that we wanted to form um, a1 Ultras, and um, my my best friend uh, is Andrew Barrett. He is A2, and so they they started calling me A1 because I was the I'm the older. That's it. It's <laughs> not about running ability. He's far better runner than I am. Um, anyway, so I'm A1, and so we were A1 Ultras, and um, this is very cool. Um, after uh, I had DNF the long haul, I went back and did the long haul again and ran a really good race and then won the masters there and i have just maintained a friendship with the people that were the race directors and they started the long haul the same year i started the croom zoom and my vision was always to make the croom zoom a 100 mile race and we did that for um three years but we just never got enough people to make okay. it worthwhile mm -hmm. The goal was to be a Western States qualifier. But when they started the long haul that same year, I, I was kind of upset because I'm like, you know, there doesn't need to be 200 milers in the same month within a couple miles of each other. And I, I, I was angry and I don't know, uh, but I thought about it and I thought, you know, I came off kind of harsh. And so um, Jen Pearson, uh, great runner and a lovely person i i messaged her and i said why don't you come run my race for free i said you know i and i said and i will come help you and she goes no you run my race for free too so we formed a friendship over you know we were like friendly competitors she came and ran my uh the 100k and did great and i ran her race and um we just we became friends and every year i would go and uh, i'd either help her sweep the course i would either run it volunteer or help clean up afterwards 
and she ran my race whenever whenever she could. And when they had too many fi family obligations, and they're they're such good people, they've adopted um, children from Haiti. And this is a true story. This isn't. <laughs> anyway, when they decided that they just had too many things to do, um, they came to 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 me and said, "Do you are you interested in taking over the race?" Wow. And um, I said, "Heck yeah!" And um, Jim and I were, were already deciding to drop the 100-mile distance from the Kroom Zoom because it just wasn't getting enough. Uh, people loved the race that ran it, but we just weren't getting the finishers. And the goal was always to be a Western States qualifier. To be a Western States qualifier, you have to be one of the 50 largest races in the country. Hmm. And uh, we were probably not even the top 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and my wife and I had some marketing ideas we were going to try out. So we agreed that we, we would take over the, the race, and they actually sold us the race, but for such a discounted price. I mean, it, the, we got with it all the, uh, this equipment that is a One Ultra, a trailer and water coolers and tables. And um, so we took it over, and we promoted the heck out of it. We advertised. We slashed the price. Um, Western States had always said you have to have 100 finishers. The Kroom Zoom never had more than 20 finishers. The Long Haul never had more than 25 finishers. And 2019 was our first year doing it. We had 119 finishers. Hey, well we done. We actually sold out the race. The permit was for 200 runners, and we had over 200 sign up, knowing that not everybody would show up. Sure. And um, we had 118 or 119, I think it was 118 finishers. And when that 100th finisher across the finish line I mean it was a party <laughs> so in Western States has assured us that we'll be a Western States qualifier oh that's awesome so we'll be one yeah. of the one of the 50 hundred milers and that is uh, so that's how he went started it started because we were nice to people mm. and we appreciated people being nice to us and then we added uh, you know things that we just wanted to do we're like well there's there's no races along the Withlacoochee River um, so we added uh, the, we, we acquired the long play, uh, which is a cool race because long play, you're, you're a young guy, but <laughs> long play records. There's a vinyl record that plays at 33 and a third speed. That's what, uh, if you've seen, I'm sure Got you've it. seen albums. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, the, the, long, the big ones, they, they play at 33 and a third speed. And um, anyway, so that's why we, we called it the long play and we made it a 33 and a third mile race. Nice. And again, that was one of my original ideas is that would become 100. Huh. That's 33. And we were going to do a, a you know, single long play, a double, and a triple would be 100 miles. But with the way the, um, the uh, long haul has taken off, and my wife and I always mix up. The long, we'll be talking about the long play, but we'll call it the long haul. <laughs> we talk about the, the long haul and call it the long play. So anyway, uh, we, um, we took that one over and that was one that I started also with Jim but it, I just had this when I was running the long haul the year I was dragging my foot behind me um, I just had this idea of you know hmm. five five loops is too many three loops would be good and three loops and and long haul made me think a long play and I'm like we can give out albums and so we started that race and giving out vinyl albums which wow. is really cool 
people do like it. It says something about the trail running culture. That, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, we're old. like that. And, well, that too. <laughs> yeah. And just that yeah. people were so friendly that they're oh, willing yeah. to give you, you know, said, you're well, willing to do it, you yeah, do it. That's you, true. And uh, anyway, so we moved that race to the Withlacoochee River, and, um, and then we had a race along the Withlacoochee River, and then we added a night race. And then one that I've always wanted to do uh, my good friend Justin Radley, uh, Trailhead Ultras, does, and, and he's another one. I he works all my races, hmm. just and I work all his races. We we just volunteer for each other, and the trail running community is like that. We all help each other out, for the most part. I mean, sometimes you bump head with heads with people. Um, and uh, anyway, so Justin Radley does a race called a series called Eight Hours of Hell. <laughs> in the summer from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Oh, that sounds horrible in Florida. Yes, in, on sandy courses. Huh. So, I mean, it's just, it's it's horrible. But that mindset, people want to challenge themselves. Well, I had talked to to him about doing a race called uh, Sweat, Swat, and Swear um, because we would run. And <laughs> so not only do you have um, the heat in, in the summer, but you also get those deer flies, or, uh -huh. and they sting and they hurt. <laughs> so we do a race um, in um, in the in the uh, Withlacoochee Forest System up at Citrus, um, which is in Inverness, Florida, and they have a lot of those deer flies. Hmm. And so as you're running these hills in the summer, um, and the race is a 50k. There's also um, a 25K and a 10K for people that don't want to torture themselves too much. So we Good. promise <laughs> that every runner will sweat, swat, and we're, we would bet money that at some point they're going to swear also. <laughs> it's a pretty easy bet, I think. Yeah, I don't think we've ever lost that bet. <laughs> so the night race that you started, you mentioned that. Yeah. That's the moon over Croom, right? We Well, he, I started that one... Um, six years ago and we also started another night race uh on on the withlacoochee river called withlacoochee moon river okay and just a different part of croom uh it's a it's gorgeous you're running next to the river within the setting setting sun it's uh people that do that and that's a half marathon it's the longest distance there but um we it's people love it they they love those night races the the moon over croom is always it's sold out every year we've done it hmm. uh, it's the only race that that um that i've done that sold out every year i mean from the first year uh, the the fool's run sells out every year also just because it's been around for 20 years and sure. it's, a, it's a nice race but um it usually will sell out you know a couple of weeks before the, okay. the run whereas the um the moon over croom sells out two months beforehand interesting uh, this year you yeah. had a lot of rain i, I tried oh, to make we, it up yeah, yeah that's right yeah yeah we did have a lot of rain and uh most people liked it yeah <laughs> it's not much fun to to uh, direct a race in all that rain i can tell you that but i'm like i love to run in the rain i sure i ran i woke up at four o'clock in the morning on tuesday this week and it was pouring down rain and i'm like all right and i went out <laughs> and ran at four in the morning in the pouring rain and and i loved it so I will always uh, try to run in the rain if I can. So a lot of the runners, uh, now nighttime rain, hills and roots, 
the real avid trail runners, I think, loved it. But <laughs> non-avid said, oh, "This is a bit yeah, much." Yeah. yeah, for the seven-mile um, converted road runners, they'll need some uh, some seasoning to love that one. So. Hmm. I've yeah. been rambling, but I'm sorry. No, not at all. So I, I wanted to ask you, um, going back to, you talked about Western states. Yes. I know that some people, people have heard about it, but a goal of many trail runners right. is to make it there. Why is why is it such a goal? What's so great about it? You've ran it three times. I have, yes. And I've uh, that one is my DFL Okay. also. And I'll tell you a little bit about, well, for those that don't know the story, in 1974, a uh, guy named Gordy, who I have several pictures of with Gordy. Uh, anyway, Gordy Ainsley, he, uh, it was, used to be a horse race, um, the Tevis Cup horse race, uh, starts um, in, um, oh, shoot, uh, near Lake Tahoe um, and Olympic Valley near Lake Tahoe and finishes in Auburn, California. It's 100 miles point to point. And anyway, Gordy, used to ride it and his horse got injured and he's like well the heck with it I want to do the race so he said I'm going to run it and back then you had to run it you had to finish the race in 24 hours and he he said I just kept coming back to 4.2 miles an hour I ought to be able to run 4.2 miles an hour hmm. and he did he ran it in 23 hours and change and 4.2 miles an hour and um I'm going to try to tell you the story of my first Western States. But I, <laughs> no, I, it's 100 miles, right? It is 100 miles. Yeah. And I get a little choked up about it. Just And, and if, I can, if I can finish the story, you'll see why. Um, but uh, So anyway, that was the birth of 100-mile uh, mountain running in, in the United States. He came back again the next year and did it and did it faster. And then he had a buddy that did it with him, and the race just grew and grew. And then it became a popular thing in the United States um, to do this race. And I, like many runners, I hadn't heard a thing about it until I was up at Croom uh, running, just out there running, and I ran into a couple of old dudes. And they're probably then were the age that I am now. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you said you yeah, thought they were old at the time. I did think yeah. that they were old, and they're talking about this race. And I'm like, wait a minute, you guys ran 100 miles? You too? <laughs> and this is Dan Miller and John Wood. Okay. And I hope that, God, they get to hear this. Because <laughs> I, I looked at them, and I'm like, well, I'm in better shape than them. If they can run 100 miles, so can I. So... I heard about this uh, this Western States, and I'm like, I'm going to run that race. And they're like, well, you got to qualify for it. Huh. What? You mean, he goes, oh, yeah, there's a lottery to get in. And I'm like, there's that many people that want to run 100 miles? So I went up uh, with John Wood and ran uh, Vermont's 100-miler. And it was my first 100. And like I said, I ran 24 hours, under 24 hours. And that was with getting lost three times and falling, <laughs> taking some great falls in there, um, three, three good falls, and still ran under 24 hours. And I just thought that's what you did. Didn't realize that it was anything special. I, would, I wouldn't pay any amount of money, but I'd pay a lot to run that race in under 24 hours again. <laughs> and I, um, I, I think my, those days are behind me now, and I'm, I'm at peace with that, but... Anyway, so I did qualify for, uh, for the Western States uh, run, and um, I, was, I bought a, a, a Race for the Soul DVD. All right. It didn't have it. Digitally wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> so uh, I got the DVD, and my mother um, 
was a nun living in Northern California and uh, led for some great jokes to um, <laughs> <laughs> now after she has passed, she is none of the above to me uh, because I think she's above in heaven. <laughs> so she's none of the above. Um, but anyway, she lived with two other sisters in, um, in Eureka, California, not far from the Western States course. And so I wanted to run this race so she could be there um, and just kind of get the culture because she always thought I was crazy running this far. And I think we've established that I'm not very smart, but maybe I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but I don't know if you get joy out of what you're doing. Perhaps you're not so crazy. Um, so I showed her this <laughs> DVD and they were talking about, you know, like I, this is the spot where a mountain lion killed somebody and this is the spot where I fell off the mountain. And, and she's like, are you sure you want to do this? Um, and I was like, yeah, I do want to do it. And I, they interviewed a friend of uh, mine, uh, Pete Fannerstill, who was running that race. And they interviewed him at Devil's Thumb, which is the top of the toughest climb. And, they, and he was in bad shape and he was shaking. And um, they said, well, you're going to get back there, out there and... and uh, try some more and my daughter was watching this this uh, video with us also and at the time she was 10 years old she's 25 now so that if you if you're good at math you can tell how far, long ago that was and uh, so she's watching with me uh, and they ask Pete are you going to get back out there and, and run some more and he said as he's shivering under a blanket he said that would be a no <laughs> and my daughter looks at me and she goes you're not going to quit, are you, Daddy? I said, well, honey, I don't know. It's in the mountains. It's, it's altitude. I'm like, I, we live in Florida. I said, I don't know. She goes, well, what if I make you a bracelet that says don't quit? Aww. And that... Still got something like it right there, huh? No, that's it. That's the that's one. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so that's I've, uh, 15 years. There's not many days where I don't wear it. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I said, well, if you may, and she made me the bracelet. And uh, so uh, this story will not end with me quitting, just so you know. <laughs> so I get ready to, to I, you know, I'm training and I really, really trained. And I was doing a race to, uh, um, in, um, uh, in Virginia. It was really hard. And I was thinking, if I can't do this mere 60 miles, how am I going to run 100? And, uh, and I, it was, it was really hard, but I finished it and I finished really running strong and, and, uh, um, and I'm keeping in touch with my mom and my mom gets diagnosed with, um, um, cardio obstructive pulmonary disorder, COPD. And she's just getting worse and worse. And we're waiting for this. The race is, uh, the third Saturday in June. And as we get closer, she's, she's like, you know, the other two sisters, Tell me, I, I don't think your mom's going to be able to get there. She's not going to mm. be able to, to, to walk those mountains. <clears throat> Her mother house, uh, the, the convent itself was in Cincinnati and uh, like three weeks before the race. She had to, she had to go live in assisted living. Told you this would be tough. <laughs> but this is spice. This is what people like, right? <laughs> so she can't make it to the race. She's got to go back to Cincinnati. 
the two sisters that she lived with. They came out and crewed me. Nice. Yeah, they met me on the course. That's beautiful. They brought me food. And I'm just trying to finish, okay? They give, Western States is famous for the silver buckle. Uh, if you finish under 24 hours, then you um, then you get a silver buckle. If you finish it all, you get a, a, a bronze 30, uh, under 30 buckle. Um, and I was just trying to finish because the race that I had done was one of the easy hundreds. <laughs> and I'd ask people, if I finish this race in 23 hours, how long will it take me to finish Western States? And they're like, oh, you, you just don't know. And I'm like, well, I was in better shape then. I was younger. And they're like, I don't know, 27. And, and so that was my goal was 27 hours. But yeah, as I get, you know, as I'm into the race, I just started running better and better and seeing those nuns with you know and they they weren't dressed in the habits <laughs> they just had on their civvies they call sure, them sure. civilian clothes <laughs> and this sounds like a, a story that's bs but it isn't <laughs> absolutely true so um i find out later that my mom back in the convent of course the, the race starts at five o'clock in the morning okay so the goal is to run 24 hours well these sisters there's like 30 of them in the convent they're tracking me online wow. and they stayed up and they're like cheering <laughs> your mom among them yes yeah anyway i finished in 23 hours and 44 minutes way to go um, yeah i got my silver buckle <laughs> well i tell you what yeah. we're a lot alike in that way <laughs> my mom uh my mom cheered me on every race including through my first marathons yeah. and um she uh, she uh, was proud of me uh, the sisters were, they were so cool. Um, and uh, it was, uh, when I finished that, I actually, I, I, for about four years, I think I was the last person. That it was actually, it was four years that I was the last person from Florida to finish in under 24 hours. Lots of people finished, and some of them qualified at the Fool's Run uh -huh. back when it was a qualifier until they got rid of 50-mile finishers. But I was the last one to finish in under 24 for four years until uh, one of my one of my friends a really good guy ran um, cross country um, here at USF uh, smashed I mean he did great he was like <laughs> under 20 hours <laughs> um, so that was my my silver buckle at um, at Western States and then I I came back um, four years later um, and finished dead last. I okay, was this the, was in 19... It was, what, 2009? Uh, 2009, okay. I think, was when I finished in uh, dead last. And I uh, actually, for if you finish the race, if you meet all the time cutoffs, but don't finish uh, within 30 hours, and I was 30 hours and 20 minutes, because um, they, they don't give you a buckle, they give you a medal, and they give you this big old plaque for dead last. And this thing was <laughs> huge, and I, I you know... So that was really cool. I mean, what, and, and that was the only ovation I've ever gotten as a runner. They don't, you know, generally, like, since I've never been first overall, never broken the tape, I've been first male. Um, but uh, I was going to say that after finishing uh, under 24 hours at Western States, I actually, um, the United States Track and Field Organization gives a uh, award I didn't even know about uh, for the uh, Mountain Ultra Trail Runner of the Year. Oh wow! Yeah, and I and huh. I was I won that, and I didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> and again, a nice plaque. And I, I thought, you know, it's no big deal. But 
anyway, I'm going to go there. There's like Olympians there. <laughs> They're giving um, uh, Duran Cherry. Okay. Who, yeah. yeah, that yeah. ran uh, hurdles here at USF, who, who uh, came in fourth in the Olympics um, in 2004, two, I think 2008 Olympics. Yeah, she came in fourth. Anyway, I'm standing right next to her getting my award. That's <laughs> and I'm awesome. like, she's an Olympian, and I'm just this dude, and you know, who would four years later go on to finish dead last. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's interesting it, when you yeah. just try hard and you show up. Yes. The things that so, you get. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes. But uh, I don't know. But even, but that was the only ovation I ever got because here everybody's. They're packing up. Uh-huh. They're 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 tearing down the finish line. I have to go around a truck, but the the clock is still running. And so when I at Western States finishes on a track, you do three quarters of a lap around the track at Placer High School in uh, Auburn, California. So I enter the track, and people just stand up and they start clapping. And there's probably you know, six hundred people in the stadium. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I'm actually running and. And uh, that was the only, I mean, that was the coolest, uh, that was the coolest. I'm glad I got to experience that. That's really cool. How, how many runners are doing it with you, like the whole thing? Um, they, they have uh, three, they have about 369. There's some crazy formula that they do that are allowed to start. Okay, That's so why a pretty it's a, small number. Yeah, but, you know, well, I think about 5,000 people uh, are in the lottery to run the race, mm-hmm. but only 369 are accepted into it and then about half of those finish okay so wow um, and, and i am it's something just to finish yeah That's i am amazing. probably 10 minutes behind whoever was second to last <laughs> and um so you know everybody like i said they were packing up they're <laughs> going and here i come you know and, and i'd imagine you don't see many people while you're running your competition isn't anywhere you, around you know it, it thins out yeah <laughs> particularly in a uh, uh, point-to-point race now at the long haul, you're always going to see people because that one's, uh, yeah. We did eight 12 and a half loops because okay. I modeled it after one of my very favorite hundreds, which is the Umstead hundred in Raleigh, um, and it is often the same day as the um, the Croom Fools Run, but uh, since I get say and and when the Croom Fools Run is, the uh, three times that I've run Umstead, um, I've made the exactly i've adjusted I, I think i'd like that better i seem to yeah. thrive on actually seeing people and yeah knowing their, well, uh, and that's why i i, I the the umstead just has such a good vibe to it hmm. that uh, that's why i did that and you always do see people and you're right sometimes you just you know you get annoyed sometimes if you get somebody <laughs> that's too chatty but not seeing anybody can you can get in a dark place, and sometimes just a smiling face can take you out of that dark place. Sure. So, anyway, there's there's Western States, and then the third time that I ran it was it was, uh, uh, it was just a I don't know maybe three years ago when I made it to mile thirty, and I just don't climb I don't climb hills very well anymore. Um, I can still run flat one hundreds, um, but I just for some reason, and particularly at altitude, I just don't. I just don't do as well. Hmm. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, I, that is not a surprise yeah. to anyone, I think, uh, uh, listening. Because yeah. you talk to people that do Boston, and you think, "Oh, those are some hills," and that's daunting. But then you talk about adding that times three plus, yeah. and yeah. at altitude, it, it's no surprise. Yeah, and then you know, on the trails, and you know, climbing rocks, um, and it just. Uh, 
So I only made it to mile 30 there, and I think I'm done with Western States. I have, uh, I'm going back to Vermont because my last try there I didn't finish, and I love that race, and I know I can do it. I just have to get in shape. Um, there's, a, there's not many left on my bucket list, and my wife, when she hears this, she, she's going to say, I thought we were done with Vermont. You said never again. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, honey, that was when I quit. <laughs> um, and sometimes I feel like a fraud now wearing this don't quit bracelet because I, I have quit, but um, but I haven't quit on anything that's important, you know. Uh, the... the uh, yeah, and, I, and like you proved to us with your yeah. earlier on story, sometimes quitting is a way to keep going. Exactly. To not self-sabotage. Yeah. No, I promise you, I could have finished that race at that one long haul when I was dragging my foot behind me for 10 miles. But my, I, I might have never run again. As it was, I was out for more than a year. Mm. Um, and uh, the body gets trained. And that's the only prolonged injury I've had. I've had stomach issues. Um which is stomach and groin issues are what get me now. Um, now I've cleaned up my diet because, gosh, back back when I started the hundred milers in two thousand and one, um, I could uh, I could eat anything, and the body was a furnace. You know, I didn't gain weight, <laughs> I didn't have stomach issues. Uh, now, um, if I eat chicken wings, I forget about running the next day. I'm gonna huh. have my stomach's gonna kill me. And I had no idea what was going on. It took me a while, and it cost me a couple of finishes that I did not know what was going on. And my doctor said, well, what's your diet like? And she goes, I can tell you what's going on. I didn't want to believe her. I didn't want to give up chicken wings. What the heck? <laughs> but um, since I, uh, I, you know. Did you switch to mostly plant-based diet? Or? I have, but I'm going to tell you what, what uh, I heard Tommy Chong say and uh, and you know Tommy Chong is Uh, yes yeah okay what I heard him in an interview say uh they they said Tommy uh, have you now you've quit smoking right you quit smoking altogether and he goes well let me put it to you this way he goes my uh, my girlfriend is a vegetarian vegetarian um so I'm a vegetarian too but occasionally I still eat meat he goes so you asked me if I still smoke and I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, a good analogy. Yes. Yeah. So I um, have a mostly plant-based diet. But occasionally, I do still eat meat. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that's a good way to go. And, and occasionally, I'll protein. even still have chicken wings. But I'm not going to have chicken wings the night before a 20-mile run. I'm not going to do it. Um, and that has cleared up those stomach issues. But I have, a, I have a lingering groin issue that sometimes, uh, sometimes it doesn't surface. Hmm. Sometimes I'll get 20 miles into a run, and I and that, and that's it. I mean, and it, it's like I think if I keep going, so that's why every every finish is special. And I, I know I'll have a couple more hundred mile finishes in me. Um, I'd like to run long haul again, and I'm sure my wife supports me on that. It won't be this year, but. <laughs> And if anything, the training for that gets you ready for your one-year marathon, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I will still. Any any marathons on your bucket list? Um, we're going to do um, Avenue of the Giants this year, okay. which is uh, on the uh, in Northern California, uh, not far from Eureka. Uh, that's one that uh, that my mother went. She she went to that race with me and. My daughter was probably only five years old then, and so there's special memories there. And she, my wife wants to run that 
marathon. And uh, so we're going to go there. That's going to be my 2020 marathon. All right. And um, other than that, I, I still, and it's out there, I, I was, <laughs> at one point I wanted to do the 50 states. Uh, and then in 1999 or 2000, I found myself in um, Tupelo, Mississippi on Labor Day weekend and it was, uh, you know, 102 degrees, and the marathon, sorry, Tupelo, but your marathon sucks. <laughs> but, so it was just, it was terrible, and I'm like, I'm never going to run, a, I'm not going to do this. Force yourself to yeah, go to yeah, the Just state. because it's the one that's in Mississippi that, no. So, I mean, if I ever do run all 50 states, I think I've done 32, 33 states, and I've done a bunch in California. So my other bucket list marathon is Big Sur. I just okay. always wanted to yeah. do that. I've done New York four times. I don't need to do that again. Um, you couldn't force me to do Disney. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it, what my wife does, by it, the way. It, well, <laughs> I did Disney it the runner. first five years. Uh, <laughs> and um, if I was from out of town and had a family, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Sure. Absolutely. But I don't need to run through those theme parks anymore. <laughs> so you've seen them all, I'm I sure, many times. I have seen them all, and I've seen the waste plant, you know, many times. <laughs> The service roads. Yeah. So um, I would be open for a lot of different ones um, because I, I think I've got a couple more hundreds in me, and I think I will enjoy marathons. I'm not going to say only do marathons. I think I will enjoy marathons, you know, and then maybe i got half marathons from there. But I want to be uh, I want to be that guy that's uh, like Joe Bergasser. Yes. Okay. I want to be like him that, that people are like, I can't believe that dude's still running. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Galloway yeah. and uh, all those guys. And I'll never be upset. Somebody <laughs> called me a jogger the other day and I said, thank you. And, you know, 10 years ago, you called me a jogger and I might have thrown down. You know, I'm a runner, man. I'm a runner. <laughs> Just a question of pace. Yeah, that's, that's right. Now I'm, I'm happy to be a jogger. You yeah. can me. I, I want to be. Like, it, it doesn't matter where he finishes, just the fact that he's out there, you know? Like, uh, kind of like the talking dog. You don't care what he says, just that he can talk at all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's right. I, maybe I'll be the talking dog. I don't, you know, that's, that's, anyway, that's my goal for running is just to do it and, and, and to keep healthy. And uh, I'm, I don't have to run 100 miles. I still have a couple that I, I like I said, I'd like to do Vermont again. Um, that's, um, that's just I have unfinished business there. That's the only one that I really have unfinished business with. Um, I did have one last question for you that I wanted since we're talking mm -hmm. about Vermont. Um, what is and this goes back to how you started running and maybe your vision of running. What do you what would you say to a recreational runner, someone getting into distance running? What's the difference between trail running and pavement running culture? Great question, in the US? And, and I'm glad you, we remembered to answer that. Um, when I started trail running, uh, I was I guess I was even uh, when I was running marathons as exclusively, I was fast and I, I qualified for Boston and. Um, and to me, that's a big deal. I have friends that have tried and tried and haven't been able to do it. Definitely. But when I would go um, for a 20-mile run, it was it would beat me up. I would just my my knees would hurt, my back would hurt. Um, and when I it seemed like 20 was the magic number, and it would take me a couple of days, and I found I can run 30 miles on trails, 
And I was fine the next day. Hmm. I mean, my legs might have been a little sore, but, well, duh, I ran 30 miles. <laughs> but right. I didn't have aching pains. I've never had a bit of knee pain from running even 50, 60 miles on trails. My back doesn't hurt. Now, as I've gotten older and, and you know, compound, I think just the, a lot of tread on the tires, my feet are an issue but with the better shoes now they're not as big an issue and perhaps they wouldn't be i'm actually running more on roads than than i have in years just because of time uh so i would say the biggest thing about trails is you're not going to run as fast okay if you ran if you train at eight minute miles on the road you plan on nine you know make it it's at least yeah nine plus exactly depending on the trail and don't worry about it it's a more of a full body workout um and there's wonderful places to run trails around here. There's the Green Swamp, uh, there's Croom, there's Citrus, there's Flatwoods right here. Um, and there's, uh, there's trails that are, that are not really rooty and there's some, some hills that, there's some that are flat and some with hills. Um, so there's opportunities there. Um, and you know, look for, for things like A1 Ultra events and Tampa races and uh, trailhead ultras and um, I'll post a link yeah, to all those that, in our, that's, on our uh, website so you can you know you can get some good advice uh, uh, Florida ultra runners uh, there's several thousand people on that on that yeah. Facebook group and they're always doing runs all over the place whether it's in um, uh, you know in Ocala or Orlando there's always a run somewhere so um, the thing that you have to get used to is uh, there's no 7-Elevens, huh, right? That's right. I mean, I've had people come up for for to run at Croom, and they're like, okay, well, what do we do about water? And I said, do you see this thing on my back? This isn't, this is, you know. It's like you're going for a hike. This is a hydration system. You're going to need one of those, whether you're carrying, you know, two handheld bottles, but you're going to, you know, you have to plan for going a couple of hours without being able to, to uh, resupply your hydration. So make sure to, to, you know, there's certain equipment you're gonna need. You're gonna need a hydration system, whether it's a belt with two bottles. You're gonna always need at least two bottles because sometimes you get lost. Sure, yeah. you need some water. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, if I'm going just 10 or 12 miles, and I, I said just, and I shouldn't, um, but if you're going 10 or 12 miles, you can usually do that on two bottles. If you're going 20 miles, you wanna look into a hydration system my p- hydration pack um, holds 100 ounces. Okay. And then if I need to go farther, I can actually put a couple of bottles in there too. Uh, you don't ever have to get to that level. You can you can do five, you know, like my A1 Ultras, we have our shortest race is a 5K, we have 10K, we, we have it, uh, you know, 25K all the way up to 100 miles. So there's something for everybody. Um, and, but there's something for everybody that carries some type of a hydration system. We've gone cupless at all of our races because okay. we don't want, you know, the, the, it's, it's leave it better than you found it. Bring your own bottles, but, you can you fill know, them up. Like you saw when we were coming in here, it wasn't a plan. There was a cup out there. I picked it up and threw it away. Uh, and, and imagine, you know, if I see anything in the woods, I get really upset. I want to sure. pick it up and throw it away. I'll ca- I've carried, you know, a beer bottle with me during the Vermont 100 for 10 miles because I, I was going to carry it till I had a place to, to throw it away. <laughs> that's incredible. Like these beautiful trails yeah. and yeah. somebody throws a beer bottle. And, I don't need that. And I think that's reflective of the larger trail running culture. It it's really, really is, ecologically yeah. knowledgeable and it's very grateful yeah. for the trails. Yep. And we, and even, even people that come out there when they do throw away 
cups when we were when we had cups they would they would do their best to throw it near a a sign or a trash can they didn't just throw it anywhere in the woods so Mm -hmm. they are very respectful so like i said all right get some in florida you really don't need trail shoes you can run with road shoes there's not anything that's too technical um, it's just cool having trail shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it helps cool sometimes, looking, yeah. especially if it's really yeah. wet or whatever. But get some yeah. good shoes, get a hydration pack, uh, get a good hat, um, and uh, and you're good to go, man. You're That's great. Connect with nature. Get outside mm-hmm. and enjoy those trails. Yes, sir. So, well, Andy, I can't thank you oh. enough for your time. I've, I've definitely learned a lot today, and I'm sure <laughs> others have too. I, I look forward to joining you for a, a few events this year. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I, it's fun. I, I mean, I love to talk about trail running and, you know, the influence that uh, that having a, a support system. I mean, we all support each other. And like I said, my I would have never brought come out on my own to do um, to have a one ultras hadn't been my for my wife. She's like, we can do this. I'm like, I don't want to do it. So she, she does <laughs> Who else all, is going to do it? Huh? Yeah, well, she does all the hard work. I just, you know, I just show up and say hey to a few people <laughs> and design the courses. I do have a knack for that, you know. So I think that's one of the things people like is that, first of all, I'm going to be nice to everybody because um, I, I just I don't see any other way to be. I, I, the, you know, I've run Rocky Raccoon five, five times. I have a 500-mile belt buckle, and, and they used to have a race director. He sold the race, thank goodness. And that guy was just mean. This is not the way to run a race. No, it wasn't, and and I'll never do that. So if somebody doesn't like my race, that's fine, but I'll never chase anybody away because I like having them all out there, and I hope we get to keep this in there, but that's my biggest joy is that um, when somebody comes out and they run, you know, 50 miles for the first time or they run trails for the first time, they're always so thankful, Mm -hmm. And, and, and and I brought that to them. When somebody runs the long play, they run through Croom. They run 33 miles. And when they drive later, they go, I can't believe I ran all this. I ran this, Because yeah. it takes you through every part of the park. Huh. And I can bring that to people. Uh, that's that's why I do it now. Because we awesome. ain't getting rich. <laughs> I, I hear you. We're not getting rich. But, but we love bringing that to people. And it shows. Well, thank you, Andy. Uh, Mark, thank you, man. What a good time. Yeah. What Until a good next time. time. Yeah. Happy running. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you for joining us for this great unedited version of trail organizing and trail racing. Hope that you gained something to put on your bucket list or got some inspiration for a future run or race or just kind of know a little bit more about running culture. In next coming weeks, we have Sandy Lake on who's going to tell us about the racing symposium and about all the questions and things that go into putting on a road race. So that should be really cool too. Uh, Besides that, as mentioned, our continuing Running and Spirituality series, we go and interview the director of the 3,100-mile Self-Transcendence Race, which is in New York City every summer. They run around one city block, which is less than a mile for that entire race. So we'll hear how they do that and what motivates people to do it. Until then, wish you all happy running.